Welcome back to another episode of Liquor and Leagues. Don't worry, I'm not going to waste your time with an explanation of today's show. So grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and join us for another episode of Liquor and Leagues. Because no, I can no, always that wasn't intro. my point. <laughs> 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 there are quantum I'm, physics. Look here, look here, uh, Brett Michaels. In the, uh, if we're just exploring my inner demons here. You wouldn't have been quite as polite when you left the interview. No. I mean, if need be, we can start a GoFundMe yeah. page for you. This is but where we lack comparative knowledge, Max. Damn, dude, three hours later. Others actually want to watch some people play. See dude. reference Rick and Morty. <laughs> I will do my editing, don't you worry. That's fantastic. <laughs> Welcome, gentlemen, to the very last episode of Laker and Leagues. This is it. We wrap it up today. No moss after this. How's everybody doing? Hey, doing good. How are you? Good. good. It's football season. It's almost over. So. I guess I was hoping for a little more depressive response since it is yeah. the end, but hey, I don't okay. know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm trying to gauge my delivery metrics and I keep you guessing. <laughs> I was say every time you give him the wrong one. Yes. Look, look down at your den diagram and make a decision about how you want to approach den diagram. it. Not excited enough. Too excited. I just, uh, I'm just going to stay right in the middle. Just right. gauge the room, man. You're never going to have it right. Let's just put it that yeah. way yeah read the room that's what it is uh yeah so we are back for the very last episode of liquor and leagues uh the season that was going to discuss kind of the breakdown of the sec season in its encapsulated form shortened season covid season uh weird season with the constant postponement of games cancellation of games ohio state slipping in under the wire with what six games i think they only played six games got into the national conversation ended up in the national championship game and we saw how that ended but yeah, I just wanted a quick take from each of you. I know you guys have, uh, you know, you support your own team in the SEC, and I'd like to just kind of go around the room and get your take on how you felt the season as a whole went, the season for your team went, what next year may look like. Are you hopeful? I know that South Carolina hope just eats away at you, Haas. But are you hopeful? I mean, I know you got a new coach. Is that something to hang your hat on? Uh, you know, and just kind of – what does the picture look like moving forward? We get the same same teams every year in the national championship conversation. It gets old. It, it gets real unentertaining, even when it's a blowout like it was this year. But, you know, everybody kind of expected that. So there was no, no real fireworks to it. So, yeah, that's what this episode is going to be about. Last one. Let's get ready to wrap it up and end on a high note. Oh, by the way, Grinch, congratulations on your outright win on the pick for this. Thank you. This Thank season. You. Yeah. Um, we will start fresh tomorrow. So enjoy your title today. Tomorrow we That's wipe right. the slate clean. Uh, for you, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heavy is the head that wears the crown. That's it. That's it. Uh, all right. You got to. <laughs> so let's real quick. We're going to start with you, Max, since you and I are on the same side of the fence here with the Florida Gators. I'd love to get your take. We'll go to the other two, and then I will wrap up with my take on the Gators. Just real quick, what did everybody think of your particular team season? And then how do you feel moving into next season with that? Go ahead, Mac. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think I had a high hopes coming into this season, you know, uh, Dan Mullins is getting the program turned around and in the right direction. Uh, things looked really good. Um, I know there was the Texas A&M game uh, that they lost early in the season, um, but they, they were competitive. Uh, got a lot of great play out of Kyle Trask. Uh, I still think, you know, maybe he should have been, Higher in the Heisman voting than fourth place uh, based on, you know, the stats he put up this year, but it is what it is. Um, definitely not excited to lose three in a row to end the season. Uh, that doesn't bode well going into next year. Uh, and now you have the, the looming 
news that, you know, Dan Mullen could be entertaining uh, NFL options. Um, so, you know, how long is that going to hang out up there? I know obviously the, I think the, the one team that he was being rumored to go to the Jets just hired uh, the defensive coordinator out of San Francisco. So that job's filled up. So you know, hopefully the, he'll be sticking around for a little while. But with that being said, what does that do to the team dynamic if they know that potentially he's considering a jump to the next level for continuity for the team? Like, doesn't that – you're going into the next season. It's like, what the fuck? Are we going to have well, a coach? Are we not going to have a coach? And I think that – yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely going to impact that. But you also have to look at the fact that, you know, continuity changes every year anyway because you have, you know, players going into the draft, you know, seniors leaving. Um, I know there's going to be quite a few uh, players – on the Gators that are, that are going to leave this year. So, um, you know, I, it, it'll be interesting to see what next year looks like. Uh, I know you're going to have Emory Jones under center full-time probably for the first time. Um, we've seen, you know, bits and pieces of him here and there over the last couple seasons. Uh, and he's looked good, but it'll be interesting to see what he can do in a full-time role, um, you know, in that offense and yeah, what but- kind of weapons he's going to have around him. Obviously Pitts is leaving. I believe Tony's leaving. Um, Copeland, yeah, yeah. Copeland, yeah, league. but you're trading up a what a six five quarterback for like a five eleven. I mean, but he also does fit that Dan Mullen style offense a little bit better. You know, he's always kind dual of threat. Yeah, he, he's he's relished that dual threat opportunity. So you know, he did have to tweak his system a little bit, I think, to fit Kyle Trask as more of a drop da- uh, drop back passer. Okay, real quick. Since you said it, I'd be curious. Just quick pulse of the room. Does losing a coach make more of an impact at continuity than losing players? Absolutely. I, th- I think at the college level, losing the coach uh, makes, makes more of an impact, difference. right? Yeah. And that's what I would say. Because you're always because, losing players. Every year right. you've got a turnover. Right. You're you expecting know? that turnover, so you're always right. grooming the next guy. But with a coach, you're not prepared when somebody makes that jump or gets fired or whatever. So it's like, shit. Okay. But, but you also now you have to look at it and say, okay, well, you know, clearly he's looking. And, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's looking for the next best, best option. Um, you know, you want to better yourself and, and win at the next level. But you're now going to always have that cloud kind of hang, hanging over his head for every NFL job that comes open. You know, I, I'm sure his name is going to get mentioned as, as a possible you know, replacement for that person. So, well, yeah, I know. I, Go ahead. I was just, I have to imagine any other school competing for a recruit that, you know, Florida's targeting is going to be floating those doubts. Oh, absolutely. Of, you know, you sure he's going to be there? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm Lane Kiffin, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm well, like, that, come to, you know, come to Mississippi. 10, 10 or 15 other violations, probably. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, great. Uh, I was oh, – oh, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 no. I was, was going to touch on the fact that I was a little disappointed um, in some of the comments. You know, we've touched on those over the season uh, with Mullen this year. Um, so, you know, hopefully if he does stick around, he gets his head on straight and learns to kind of think first, talk second. Yeah, and, and what he needs to do is not take – I won't say coaching tips. Well, I don't even know what – uh, hiring or, or, or making the job decisions like – I know he came up under Urban Meyer. Don't take Urban Meyer's philosophy on how to approach your job. I'm not coaching. I'm coaching. I've got heart issues. I'm quitting. I'm not quitting. You know, it's like, dude, don't do that. It's Decide where you're going to be. I mean, you know, you hate to say it, but um, 
you know, he, he, he landed probably the best, you know, and I don't want to go too far down this road, but, but clearly Meyer landed probably one of the best opportunities in the NFL right now uh, there in Jacksonville. So, well, that's assuming Lawrence. Where to go, but up. Well, that's assuming Lawrence. You assume Lawrence pans out though at the next Um, level. Well, then even, I mean, I'm not even talking about just, you know, having Lawrence, you know, they may not pick Lawrence. Who knows? Um, They've got the number one draft pick. I think they've got 11 draft picks overall. Um, they've got a ton of cap room uh, in Jacksonville. No state income tax in Jacksonville. Um, so, you know, the ability to attract players there is going to be easier. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, you know, he's he didn't have a blank check, but, you know, probably better than any other team in the league right now. So Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So let, let's move on. Haas, I'm going to come to you next because I know your team was way down the list in terms of where they ended the season you know, had a lot of high notes going into the season in terms of what people thought they were going to be able to accomplish, and then they faltered and never recovered. So in terms of South Carolina, you know, I'd love your perspective on the season, the loss of a coach, the hiring of a coach, and what you think of the future. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not so sure that the, the a majority of real long-term South Carolina fans had high hopes for the season. Um, did we think that it would be an abysmal two and eight? No. I don't think we thought that would be the case at all. Um, And, you know, there were quite a few games we were on the brink or in the cusp of winning, but then there was just complete shellacking. So, you know, look, um, I was never uh, a fan of Muschamp. Um, I didn't – he's not who I wanted um, at that time is what we got stuck with, I feel like. Um, I was happy to see him go. I'm – very excited and happy uh, to have Shane Beamer. He's bringing in some interesting people. Uh, a lot of people he's worked with previously in different places and levels. Um, a little disappointed in some things. Uh, apparently he was trying to keep some of Muschamp's uh, coaching staff and they started bad mouthing him and the school. Um, and it caused, um, we had a five-star uh, quarterback, Gunner, Stockton, uh, who had committed to South Carolina, who's now decommitted and opened up, reopened his recruiting. So that sucks. I'm not happy about that. Is that um, direct result of the infighting or? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's it. it, it I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not living in this guy's house. Um, I'm not close with this person, but, but from everything the news medias were saying is it's, it's yes, it's a, but for, but for that happening, he probably would still have stayed committed. So that kind of sucks, but you know, I'm, I'm excited. This is a younger coach um, who seems to be extremely tapped into the state of South Carolina. And we've seen what happened when Spurrier was there and Beamer was working for Spurrier. When you're tapped into South Carolina and then you can kind of pull some people from like Georgia, North Carolina, you, you can have three 11 plus win seasons back to back to back. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Um, I don't have particularly high hopes out the gates. Um, I have certain benchmarks I'm hoping and expecting to see from the team, um, but not high hopes. Not, not, not yet. I, I think I'm a seasoned enough South Carolina fan to know better than to temper your expectations. Yeah, absolutely. Temper my expectations. I mean, I don't have a choice. I mean, emotionally I have to, um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. And, and, and I guess the way I see it is it can't be a, any worse than a two and eight season with crappy ass must champ at the helm. So, so, you mentioned something there about the recruiting. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people do forget. I mean, you know, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, there, there are some pretty good recruits that come out of there. But you're competing right now, certainly in South Carolina with Clemson. 
How long do you think it's going to take for them to be able to compete at a recruiting level with, with say, Clemson? Yeah, you know, obviously it's a double win for South Carolina when they can not only win and take recruits for South Carolina, but when they can steal them from Clemson, it's a double win. Um, so we're, I'm always happy for that to be the situation. And, and South Carolina, is, you know, it's a great enriched state of young talent um, that's been proven year in and year out. So I'm excited to see uh, what they can do from a recruiting standpoint. And we all know that's where a lot of the success comes from. The better recruiting classes you get, the better you're just going to do typically, unless you're Tennessee. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, very cool. Sorry. Go yeah. Just on that note, um, just cause I happen to have it up. Um, I mean, for perspective, when we talk about, you know, the average number of the recruiting class. So Alabama ranked number one, the 2021 rankings, 26 commitments this class with seven five stars and 15 four stars. That puts their average score, you know, at 323. Well, their points they're awarded for the recruit is 323. For perspective, and and I'm only using uh, uh, SC just to illustrate the point of like, how, you know, how do you close that gap? Because you can put Clemson's numbers similarly. They're, they're second. South Carolina is at 88 in ranking with 11 commits. So I, I suspect they're going to have a ton of action in the transfer portal, or that's what they're going to hope for. Juco. Yeah, I, I they, like, they, they've, already, they've already got Jakeem. I can't remember his name. He, he was a, he's a four or five-star linebacker that they're getting out of one of the Juco schools. They – that's where they get a lot of their talent from right now and has been for the last several years is that is the Juco stuff. And I'm, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I fully support the notion of you get a three, you get a whatever and you coach them to a five. And, and, you know, I heard there was a recruit who went on to be like hall of famer who was rated like three star, you know, and the, the comment was like, are you a five star? And he's like, no, but I've beat a bunch of them, you know, like the number doesn't always mean exactly what you're going to get, but it's also a pattern of separation with teams if they just keep reloading. Well, not just the reloading, but, but the reason Alabama can be so consistently good and stop people is because their first string, their second string, even down in their third string could be a five-star or four-star recruit. They're just, when, when you have a deeper bench, you can just, you can wear other teams out. And yeah. so, so, I mean, is that the way you, you kind of level the playing field, right? Do we start limiting you know, recruitment to, you can only recruit, you know, and Grinch, you hit on it. I know. I mean, obviously, you know, you can recruit a five-star player and he's not going to pan out. Right. And and you can recruit a three-star player and he's going to, but you just have to work off the numbers. Right. So do you limit them and say, you know, you get, you know, you can recruit 15 five-star players, three, you know, do you start putting caps on it to try and, you know, even the playing field? Otherwise you're right. I mean, you're going to have the same handful of teams playing for national championships every year because, you know, you've got Alabama and it's easy to sell those guys, that, you know, Hey, on Alabama, you're going to be playing for a national championship pretty much every year. Yeah. And, and I think that's the debate of some of these premier players is as they're looking at the depth chart, I mean, particularly in quarterbacks, but we're seeing it in some others as well. I mean, I think Georgia had a, had a linebacker that transferred because he just didn't like the amount of playing time he was getting. So I think he went to Miami. So I guess it comes kind of comes down to that is, do you want to be along for the ride? Your year will come, or maybe you'll start as a damn freshman. I mean, 
you know, as, as I continue to hate saying Georgia lost to Alabama in the national championship because Tua Tunga Vailoa came in and three to Devontae Smith as a freshman, you know, like, <laughs> so I, 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 I hate the idea of, of implementing any kind of system that limits that's going to tell a kid where they can go. You know, if they got their heart set and they want to be three deep and then their moment comes and they get that ring and go on. No, that's a good point. You're right. I mean, the other upside though, to Mac, your, your position is like, they say all schools only are allowed, let's say three, five-star commits each season. If there is a handful of five-star commits wanting to go somewhere, they got to choose early knowing spots are limited it would force the kids well, to make I mean, their choice and then because right now they can go well maybe i will maybe I won't. Yeah. right and it's like no you could get shut out of going somewhere if you fuck around and but they're also me. limited to how many scholarship players they can have so That's why true. not limit them to the number of certain recruits number of recruits uh, you know I don't know that it's the answer. It's just the idea that I floated out there. Well, Grinch, Grinch shot down. So. Yeah, it's, well, it's like Grinch said, right? You can yeah. you can grab a three-star and you coach them see. to a five, or you can get a five-star, and, and maybe they don't pan out. The, the starring system, though, is based – obviously, it's based on your competitive nature at the high school level. Right. We've said many times, college doesn't always translate to the NFL. It's a faster game. You're competing yeah. against a different level. High school to college has got to be the same thing. Oh, yeah, I think for sure. So you're basing those numbers off a college or, you know, a high school. Right. And and I don't don't know what the percentage is. It's not big of the amount of players from college that make it into the NFL. Yeah, they they say there's a better – you have a better chance of winning the lottery. Yeah. I mean, so statistically, a lot of these – a lot of these these young men are not going to go on. They're going to be working at Enterprise, run a car. Yeah. I mean, when I, you when you do the swift math, I th- they're like two hundred some Division One college teams, or something like that. 15 to sixty players on each team. Yeah, no, it's it, like one hundred and ten per team, okay. right? And and so that's translating to thirty two NFL teams with only fifty three players. Yeah, somebody's not making it in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, you know, sorry. And, and okay, yeah, maybe you throw in the practice squads, you know, right? The I, reserves, you know, but. You, you know, you're probably making. I think those guys make like around 100k or something like that, which is nothing to. No, no, no. I think anybody on this call would take it. Yeah, the, the minimum, yeah, yeah. I think the minimum's gone up to like 200, 250k. Yeah, I will sit on somebody. I will sit on. I will sit on the Jets reserve team for that much. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, another player I use as a reference is Jake Fromm. He has been on the Buffalo Bills quarantine protected practice squad the entire season. But I will say, because I think the college game has shifted more pro style, like the RPO concept, we are seeing more preeminent college players go on to do well in NFL. Whereas it used to be you were, you could be a superstar college player, maybe, you know, short of like a position of like a running back. But some of these Heisman winning quarterbacks didn't do shit. Well, know, I mean, you look NFL. at Tim Tebow, right? I mean, that's, right. Yeah, you know, exactly. was probably one of the better college players to, to ever play the game. And, Did you know, happen. outside of one, one game against Pittsburgh with the yeah. Brock. Yeah, and going back in the day to, like, Nebraska, Florida State quarterbacks. Um, yeah. But I, I will say, like, the lifespan right now seems to be longer than we're used to. Um, but it used to be these dynasties were kind of episodic. Right. Because, like, where's the USC? I mean – we were all so sick of USC with, you know, Reggie, or Reggie Bush. Reggie and, Bush. And, well, they used to be Notre Dame, yeah. right? I mean, Alabama will fall back by the wayside. You're absolutely right. I mean, there, it, it does go in cycles, you know, 
and you get yeah, tired but is of it going to take them, a Saban quitting, retiring? Well, it may. On. I yeah. mean, he certainly <laughs> ended many a coach's career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but I, I don't want to jump around too much, uh, Grinch, because yeah. I do. We need to get to you in terms yeah, yeah. of your perspective on Georgia, uh, not to cut you off. All I was going to say real quick, though, and, you know, maybe the the individual conferences are subsets of the larger problem. I guess they are. Was that and a some triscuit? Of these, some I'm of these sorry. big teams. No. Mac, uh, Mac, did you just eat a triscuit, Mac? <laughs> what are you yes. doing? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I'm like, wait. Uh, have no competition in conference. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, Clemson had the one-off with Notre Dame this year. Um, and, and UNC, I, I hope, continues to trend positive with Mac Brown. But, like, Ohio State, okay, Indiana gave him a good game. Occasionally, Michigan's got a good year here and but, there. Yeah, but, yeah, fucking Michigan. Like, And then Auburn, whew, you know, Auburn, yeah. uh, I'm trying to find them in the recruiting. You know, Auburn is 48th. And LSU, while they're recruiting, is fifth with 22 commits you know, in the way, way too early top 25 LSU's projected at like 18. We know how wrong that shit can be, but, um, that's 18. Let me double check. It's on ESPN. Uh, no 20, 20th. Okay. So again, you know, as Mark Packard says, historically every single season, four teams in the top 10 do not finish in the top 25. But anyway, I'm, I'm prepared for my question. Yes. Uh, uh, no, so you, so was, you, you've managed to push off having to discuss Georgia discuss long Georgia. enough now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just, you know, your take on Georgia started out the season kind of in a shit show in the quarterback department, juggling a lot. Guy comes in, guy goes out, new guy comes in, new guy goes in. You know, it's like it's just this constant carousel of quarterbacks right at the start. And so I'm just curious what you thought in terms of how your season ended and it, next year. Yeah, and, and I mean, we've discussed the past at length, um, so I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm just going to focus on going forward, which is um, not thrilled with the number of defensive players that are moving on. Um, but um, with JT Daniels staying, um, Zamir White has said he's staying. So, I mean, that's five quality backs at Georgia. I, I'm curious to see if that affects anybody in terms of recruiting or depth. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I think there's a lot of stability in the coaching and I think JT Daniels will, this will be, you know, going other than Jake Fromm, you know, this season, we had no idea who was going to start. It's just assumed he's going to be the guy, you know, going into the season, which should make a huge difference of just how the offense approaches. Um, so I, I you know, I, I'm pretty happy. Uh, overall, uh, I don't know that anybody was beating Alabama this year. So in terms of thinking about the past season, it's almost like, yeah, I mean, it ended, it ended exactly how we kind of thought it would based on that machine at Bama that just kept rolling. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to, um, okay. If your standard, I mean, like Oklahoma started search, I suspect Oklahoma will be in the mix next year. Um, Texas. But A&M maybe is a threat to Bama in, conf- in the SEC West. West. Auburn probably isn't going to be, and I don't know that anybody else will be. And I think in the East, it's, you know, it's going to be Georgia and Florida again. I think Tennessee could be – should be better. 
<laughs> competitive. Can, not can they sure. be worse? Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to come a little. Down they again. could be South Carolina. It's going to come down again to the freaking <laughs> SEC championship. Sorry. Sorry. You yeah. know, and then who else right. is trending high? Right. And that that I mean, if anything, that's the part of the season I think we're all in violent agreement with. Of like, it's just boring. The national championship yes. had one of its lowest ratings. Well, in terms of viewership. Whereas like Clemson, Ohio State had like phenomenal ratings, I think. But because and, everybody was just like And they brought know. up something that I found interesting too, right? In talking kind of stepping back here, but talking about, you know, some of the reasons why Urban Meyer may have taken that Jacksonville job, uh, as opposed to a you know, a college job was, you know, at the college level, once you've lost a game, you're pretty much done. I mean you might get a chance to play for national championship, but it's difficult. Um, So, you know, how do we get, I I don't know. I mean, it just seems like, you know, and and I don't really know where I'm trying to go with this, but. (laughs) No, no, we talked about that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the absolute unforgiving one loss and you're done. Yeah. Versus you don't want the floodgates open. And maybe that's why it gets boring, right? Yeah. Because there's, there's so few teams that can go undefeated. Well, you know, you hear about, oh, well, they're in another rebuilding season or they're in a rebuilding season. And it's like in this day and age, especially at the college level, it's a win now mentality. Haas, I'd be interested with your guy coming in. I don't know enough about the South Carolina fan base. I imagine they are like all other fan bases in the SEC. It's like we expect you may have been two and eight last year, but we want like nine and three, 10 and two, 11. And, like it's like we don't, you know what I'm saying? But you got to give the time to I, I the coach. I, I think any fan base is the same. You have a certain portion of the fan base that expects you to win now. And that, that, that those are the only expectations they have. I think a majority of the fan base is, is willing to understand that this is going to be a young coaching staff and a young team. It's going to take a cycle or two, you know, a recruiting cycle or two before they get enough pieces in place. Will they surprise some people? What I'm looking for, are they going to, can they win one or two games next season? Well, yeah. They no need to pick up those one or two win. games. Right. Right. If they do that, that trends them in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the upside um, – no, no, sorry. I was going to pit uh, – and, and then just recruiting. Someone. It's all about the recruiting. I, yeah. I want to see how they recruit. Well, that's and, what I was going to say. Can they actually keep people? Is, is like, Grinch, you do have a benefit in Georgia. You don't have any other in-state rival that competes on your level. I mean, Georgia Tech, come on, right? No, you don't but, have, yeah, it's, now, the state gets poached Of course it does, yeah. right, because of your location. Right. Florida, South Carolina, like, there are other states Tennessee, around. Tennessee, I mean, right. yeah, yeah. But Georgia gets, states, right, gets poached a lot. You know, Florida, obviously, we know the schools in Florida. South Carolina, you're a small state, but you're competing with Clemson, who is a national title contender every year, right? So Georgia at least does have that benefit is they can tap the players within their own state if they're judicious in their approach because you don't have other schools within the state. Yeah, I mean, this is more coaching philosophy. Um, Georgia has, has, you know, has been more of a national recruiter for their emphasis versus win the state, you know, win the state. But – I think they've, you know, there's been some discussion about that of like, just on principle, shouldn't you win your own state, you know, in recruiting? Unless you're I don't Texas. Know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I, I think it's more you derive what you want to after the fact versus, right? you know, does it outright mean anything if you do win or win? The, I mean, obviously, like Florida, you got Florida State, you know, UCF, Miami, Miami. it's like, can Florida win the state? Right. I think it's, the it's numbers like, just just say you can't. You know? That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like recruiting in the state of Texas. How do you how do you justify winning the state of Texas yeah. when you have so many fucking schools vying for recruits there? Um, all right. So I guess it's 
I will say this just uh, real quick regarding Georgia looking forward. We open against Clemson. Good luck with that one. Have fun. <clears throat> yeah, have fun with that. Wait, so did, what was it? it? It was a few years back. I think Georgia played Clemson when the two of Haas and Grinch, when you came to my house and down here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was, well, was that when Smart was there? I can't remember if that goes back to Rick, but I don't know. 2013 or no, 2013, I think it was Labor Day that weekend. Yeah, I, I, I definitely remember that loss because it was at Clemson and, you yeah. know, they're the, the greatest show to start a game. I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah, because right now Georgia plays Clemson on the 4th of September and the, and then UAB and then, like, Florida. I guess the question will be what happens if they have to adjust the schedule if COVID doesn't subside, if we're still in this same situation, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah I got to think, one, though, two, three, by that point, because we were having that discussion about some other yeah. things. I imagine that they're going to get to a point where they're going to require these students to have vaccinations just to go back to school. Just to play, right. Um, so, you know, I, I would like to think that we're going to have a, a better season next year from, from that standpoint. Right? I hope so. Hope so. I mean, hey, South Carolina, you didn't fucking lose to Clemson this year. You got that. Hey, there you go. You didn't lose. Uh, so I guess it's my turn. I'll go ahead and wrap this up uh, in terms of my take on the season. Florida, I was excited going into the season. Really wasn't sure how it was going to play out with only SEC schedule. Yeah, the, the loss to Texas A&M sucked, but it was close. Probably, probably should have won that game. Don't know that it would have altered the trajectory of the season in terms of where we ended, but you know, it is what it is. Not a bad season. My biggest concern, obviously losing Trask, Mac, I made this comment. You're trading up a 6'5 quarterback to a guy that's 5'11". That's, yes, he's more mobile than Trask, but in just the small snapshot of what we've seen, I don't think his game IQ is clearly on the level as Trask in terms of making good decisions where he's throwing the ball. Now, running is different, but in terms of throwing the ball, he has had some issues. So I'm concerned to see what happens when he starts taking the snaps. Or will he? I mean, I don't know who else they have in terms of recruiting for quarterback. Is there another guy sitting out there that, like Trask, we didn't know about? Well, so I'll be I, interested to see. 2021 class, it looks like Carlos Del Rio – Another Which Del I don't Rio. know if that's like Jack Del Rio's son or something. God, that's, <laughs> oh, fuck. We didn't have a good time with the last Del Rio. Shit. Um, yeah, and then my biggest disappointment was Mullen's inability to keep his fucking mouth shut and, and the missteps that he made in terms of the things that he said. And hopefully he will get that under control moving forward and we will see what next year has to bring. I mean, obviously I'm excited. I'd love to go back to an uh, an open... Uh, to be able to play Florida State and things like that. But, you know, if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with an all-SEC lineup again. We'll see. I just – I don't know. Uh, I wasn't super disappointed. We beat Georgia. That's all I care about. So, you know, on that – in that regard – Joey, while it lasts. That's right. Joey, while right. it lasts. I'll take that win. Uh, and so, real quick, before we wrap things up and we call this done this season, over, finished, finito, uh, the national championship game, I know you talked about the viewer ratings and stuff like that and, and how unentertaining it was from that perspective, low low rating. Yeah, it's just kind of – it's just it, – it's making it so you almost don't want to watch. You know, you get to that point, you're like, okay, here we go again. Same three, four, five teams. It's the, the Notre Dames, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, the occasional Oklahoma thrown in for good measure. It's like – there needs to be something. And we've talked about it. It's been talked at nauseam across the country. Like 
open up the playoffs, make it a, a, a wider playoff system, more games, more options. You know, Mac, it's like you were talking about Urban Meyer going to Jacksonville. You take a loss in the end at what? I think there was like a five and whatever team or some really abysmal team got into playoffs because their, their side of the division was just fucking garbage. And it's like, so your season's not necessarily over. Right. Now, should you have a five and whatever team in? No, probably not. Well, if you win your division, why not? Right? I agree. I, I agree. Mean, but if you, if you take one loss and your season's over, that sucks too. Yeah. You know, because you could win all but one and then you're done. And it's like, well, that, that's shit. But so I would be interested to see if they ever will open up the playoff system to allow more teams in. I don't know that they will, but does anybody else have an opinion in terms of the way the national championship game won? Shoot, shoot the Grinch first on this one. All right, Grinch, what about you? Brother? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go more than eight. I just. Uh, Winner like, of your I conference, think, you're automatic I, in. I, I think, yeah, I, well, you know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm under certain circumstances. I want to agree with that. Um, and I think it can, I think it can work coupled with whatever other rules you establish for who the next ends are. Right. Cause if, if two undefeateds, let's say go into a conference championship and they're both phenomenal and one drops, you want them to have the opportunity to get get in that other. They are still the best team as opposed to like an eight and four, you know, pac 12 champion or something that is like, I got my automatic bid. Like, okay. Um, so then so you play I, a wild card game like the NFL does. Maybe, maybe, um, you know, cause I'm not, a, I don't want to see buys, you know, quote right. unquote at the college level either. Um, I just, I think you sort of feel like there's a couple of more teams. If you were to give them one more shot to prove their worth. I mean, like, like a Cincinnati, if they were in consideration to move to the next round would probably feel like they got their due. Right. They, they played as well as they could. They gave it a shot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like it's boring, but but the mature party is like, but I understand why it got there. The Notre Dame, I, I think we all said like, I can't say that I don't deserve it. I mean, the only other team you're looking at at this point is A and M, which might have made for a more interesting storyline or competitive game, because um, obviously they got just it was just a boringly efficient game, right? Yes. yes. Um, the Ohio State Clemson game was phenomenal because of all the sub, you know, subplots going on. Yeah, but um, I think what you said about the the Alabama Notre Dame game was accurate in terms of Alabama played it conservative. Let's just get through this game because then they opened it up against Ohio State and you saw what the scoreline was back mm-hmm. to what you expected. So yeah. Uh, all right, Mac. What about you, real quick? Because I know we're we're short on. Time. Yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, I definitely think we you know, they they should open up the playoffs a little bit. Um, I take a bit of a different approach than Grinch. I, I do think, you know, win your conference, you're in, and then maybe you have one or two, you know, coaches or, or AP large teams type. that come in as at-large bids, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's no good way to do it, unfortunately. So I think you have to find the the best of the worst ways to do it. And to me, that seems like the the best option at this point. Okay. Haas, what about you? Real quick. I mean, I will just say that to Max's point – I could see a scenario where if you say you win your conference, it's your automatic bid. That makes you really care about conference play. Right. right. Absolutely. You know? But you also know, yeah, it's, it's like, it's well, if I come in that. a little short, if there's a wild card, maybe I still have an option. So, 
Sorry, Hoss, go ahead. I was, I was just thinking that same thing, though. I think, I think it's got to be, you know, you, can, you need to start structuring like the NFL system. You just do. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you're it, translating to the NFL at some point. Right. All and, your players are going there. Well, and it makes sense. Why not right. have a broader playoff-based system? And if you win your, your conference, your division, you play the division game, you win that, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Right. And guess what? I mean, more games equals more ad time equals right. more money. Mm-hmm. So oh, you just sold it to the NCAA right there. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so is that your take on – Obviously, the, the yeah, playoff schedule, it, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I, I want to, and, and yes, and I want you, I'd love to see more competitive games. I didn't watch, I went back and kind of gleaned uh, the national championship game. I didn't really watch it live at the time, and I think most people over here don't even care about it. Right. Um, I care when it's not the same two teams every year, year in and year out. I care when there's a, when I have an emotional dog in the fight, and lately that's not really yeah, been the case. Here. So. Uh, I think I would side with the majority of the group. I definitely think there should be an open playoff system, a wider playoff system, allowing more teams in. I think you win your conference, you're in. If you're a Texas A&M and you got a one loss or, or you're close, I think a wild card game should allow you in. Let them play like a Cincinnati, somebody that's, you know, and if Cincinnati beats Texas A&M in that wild card game, then they have a right to be in the show. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think you open up the playoff system and we see what happens, but something's got to happen because it is really just getting boring to watch year. Yeah. And if you're not going to open up the playoff system, go back to the BCS. And right. And then just, you know, kind of carrying through the remainder of the bowls, we, they, they got to relook some of these traditional alignments, right. You know, like a Tennessee that was three and seven or whatever it was, or, you know, that was going to get a bid. Bowl. Yeah, they got to, a bowl game. And it, right? only because only of frigging coronavirus, they opt out, which is right. the only reason the academy – South Carolina was going to play, was yeah. play UAB down in Tampa. And yeah. They were 2-8. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. ridiculous. They're just desperate to fill out their bowl schedules. Like, yeah, just sacrifice it, the bowls. It, Fuck off. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, you know what? It's been one hell of a season. I appreciate all the time. Was it been 17 weeks of 17 shows? I think we've done 17 weeks of this. And, you know, I have appreciated everything that you all have brought to the table. It's definitely been insightful. South Carolina, sorry about you, two and eight. Georgia, sorry we kicked your ass this year. Florida, let's Boy, better next year. Sorry, Florida, not sorry. Do better. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and, and like that, it, we go through these ebbs and flows. Georgia wins three or four years, then Florida wins for three or four, and we just we go back and forth. And, and South Carolina wins for three or four years? Yes, yeah, I'm sure that's sure. happened at some point. <laughs> at some point, though, Grinch, what you said back in November or October, whenever it was, they need to take that fucking game out of Jacksonville and make it a home-and-home home home. game. Yeah, Either yeah. way, that's what they need to do. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to wrap up Liquor and Leagues for a whole year. We're done. Grinch, congratulations to you on winning the picks. Thank you. Uh, Mac, congratulations to you for coming in last. Somebody had to do it, and you should be recognized for being that guy. And And Thor, congratulations for not finishing last, even though you picked against Lane Kiffin every freaking week. Fuck Lane. You guys knew that. You're like, that's a win for us. We're just going to pick Lane. I think you sustain that attitude, and we'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't come in last, though, and I'm okay with that. And you know what? And fuck Lane. Pulled it out at the end. At the end of the day, fuck Lane. Is now where I say my speech that I've prepared for – <laughs> all right. I want to thank all the underdogs who didn't friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. Uh, I, I mean, I look forward. I, I'm praying that we get to next year and we are doing this again next season. So, you know, I definitely look forward to revisiting. Let's see if we can either maintain your dominance at the top or if somebody unseats you, we will see what happens. But, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. And Thanks I have enjoyed it. 
Until next time, yeah. we'd like to say, Roast Empire. Salute to Why? Cheers, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs>